Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Soulful Coach Podcast Season 2 with your host, Elise Tucker. This season, get ready to leave that people pleaser behind as we dive deep into weekly episodes with yours truly and special guests chatting all things money, mindset, growth, shadow work, boundaries, balance, and those uncomfortable topics that help you truly grow and expand your business to the next level. So let's go. Welcome back to the Soulful Coach Podcast. And today we have a special guest joining us, Julia Walsh, who is the founder of J. Walsh Social and has been delighting her clients the past four years with creative and strategic social media content. Julia is also a mother, wife, and fellow MG. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. So I would love for you to share with our audience a little bit more about your journey, how you got started and where you are today. Well, all right. So I have had like kind of a very interesting career trajectory. I went back to school in my late 20s and got a degree in interior design. And I was working in Toronto. My family and I live in Barrie. Um, And when it was just my husband and I, the commute was fine. I had two girls. And when my youngest was probably, I went back to work for about a year after my mat leave with my youngest. And I was just really struggling with the balance of everything, commuting an hour to two hours to who knows how long based on the 400 a day was just really getting to me. So I took some time off work, met with a girlfriend who had started a career coaching business. And we sort of chatted around what my passions were, what I could potentially do, because I just didn't, I had no idea. I just felt very, very stuck at the time. I really enjoyed social media. I had done some kind of direct marketing selling for some online companies and was really enjoying the connections I was making with people online kind of from all over the place. So we sort of landed on social media management. So I started doing that about six years ago, five years ago. And then as social media and things have changed over the years, so has my business. So I am kind of just from once upon a time, it was just, you know, doing things on Instagram. I've now sort of evolved and I'm kind of now in more of a smaller agency model where we handle all kinds of aspects of digital marketing for small to mid-sized businesses. I love that. I love a fellow female entrepreneur and like paving our own way because I feel like there's so many like cookie cutter ways of doing things. So I just love that. So what are some business and branding tips for a new business owner that's just starting or maybe a business owner that's trying to rebrand and needs like just to refresh their business? So I would say it kind of depends on the type of business. If you are the face of your business, I highly, highly, highly encourage people to do brand photography. I know it can be expensive. There's lots of photographers that have various options that will work with you. And you could even just get something small because having your face out there really means something to people. They're going to connect so much more to that than just a bunch of graphic Canva templates that you're putting up. And I think it's important to kind of spend some time looking at things like colors and fonts and all that stuff, because you really want to stand out. You know, if you have a really aggressive font, but you have a beautiful, soft little company that makes, you know, adorable baby clothes or something. It's just really not going to align with that. And you also want to make the time to look at all the different platforms you want to be on, the ones that make the most sense for your business and kind of get your handles, make sure those are all consistent, make sure your branding looks the same across everything. If someone pops into your Pinterest account, it should look similar and have, you know, the same sort of bio information about you and your business that your Instagram or LinkedIn with would be as well, I should say. And, you know, every, all the platforms are different, but you want to make sure that things are looking, looking consistent. So people know it is for sure you and your business kind of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I feel like it's funny too, because I feel most people don't really invest in the photography or those kind of things until later. And it's like, I think it's something you should do like right in the beginning, 
to help. I definitely agree. Yeah. To stand out. So what are some things um, that make you stand out from your competitors? I'm curious to hear what you uh, do differently. Oh, that is a really tricky question. I, and I I guess I don't want to badmouth any other businesses because I don't, I don't know all their processes and things like that. But generally, like feedback from my clients is that they really appreciate how much I invest in getting to know about their business. You know, it's not like I'm asking for their income and invoice, (laughs) you know, that stuff. But I really want to know like where they came from, how they started. Again, like you're asking what makes them stand out and the different ways that we can kind of promote them to make them be different from, from their competitors as well. You know, people always tell you to sort of niche down. And I've tried to do that over the years, but I find I tend to attract a variety of different businesses. So for me, I've learned that it's not the business itself. It's the owner, the person that I'm dealing with and how that connection goes. And if we have that good connection, then I feel like it's really, really good to work together. And I, and I also feel that I think it's very important to be collaborative. I know some people in the digital marketing space are very like, or, you know, certain graphic designers as well would be very much like, well, this is your new brand and we're going to prompt this. And we need, you know, very pushing more their vision where I really want to make sure I'm listening to my clients, how they want to be represented and making sure I'm doing the best I can to, to do that for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Also, I feel that your energy is like very contagious. Like our first like get together, I was like, Oh, I just feel this. And I'm like, a that's in my like human design chart as I just feel that. So I think that also makes you different. And it's good that you take that personal side. Because like you said, like some people could just be very generic. And I'm the same when I coach. I'm like, I don't like the generic piece. I like the personal human connection, because that's what you're doing in the business. So being that you are a busy mom and business owner, how do you do it all without burning out? Well, that is the ever <laughs> asked question. And it's not, I mean, it's, I have weeks where I am on fire and I'm mom of the year and my kids have doctor's appointments and girl guides and a school play and whatever, whatever, and work's going well. And sometimes then the next week, it's just a gong show and I booked a Pilates <laughs> class and forget to show up and forgot that it's like pirate day at school or whatever. So it's really... <laughs> I've just, I'm learning as I get older to just be more, be more patient with myself, give myself a little more grace. And I have like a Google calendar. I have a giant, like that mom calendar they sell at Costco. So I've got everyone's everything written on that. (laughs) I ask for help where I can. My, my mom isn't really involved in our life and the, and the life of my kids. And she's also always willing to help out where she can. So I think the asking for help piece is a part that's hard for a lot of people, but I know Mm -hmm. so many, you know, it takes a village and a lot of people need that village and should be using it more. Mm-hmm. But I do think the people that say they have it all together are kind of lying. Uh, they're either lying or they know something I don't know because yeah. I will be like working out, kids have healthy lunches and I've grocery shopped and that's good. And then I'm like late for something for a client or I find laundry sitting in the washing machine for three days, but I've been on fire <laughs> with other stuff. So yeah. it's just sort of systems as much as possible and giving yourself the grace to know that you really can't do all the things at all the times. Yeah. I think it's important to hear that perspective too, because so many times we think someone has it all together and you see the social media highlight. And like, I always like, I'm like, all right, I have like six loads of laundry that are just like sitting there. And it's like, it's nice to hear that or to see that. But even that's the big, the big piece you said was like asking for help. Like when I was a new mom, I didn't ask for help or people think we have to do it all. And it's like, it's okay to ask for help. So I think that's really important. I'm also curious, what are some non-negotiables for you in a day? So you talk about Pilates, there's certain things you have to do that are really important to you. So I guess this is something that's come, I'm just turned 43. And this is something I'm just really pushing this year is setting boundaries. 
for certain things because I, I don't know if it's a Manny Jenny thing or an ADHD thing, but I am a huge people pleaser. So anything people ask of me, I really want to help and do and show up and be there. So I have started saying no, which is Ooh, kind of a non-negotiable. That. Not that I have to say that every day, but yeah. I'm trying to move my body, walk the kids to school if I can, you know, get some more exercise in my life. I really enjoy a quiet 10 minute cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> my kids are always really early risers, but now it's like, okay, if you can get yourself dressed and give me a couple minutes, I just need to like wake myself up. So that's mm-hmm. kind of been a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm trying really hard at night now to put my phone away. I mm-hmm. it's I find it tricky because A, it's just like your phone. So you're always looking at stuff. But for yeah. me, I work on my phone a lot. So that becomes a big thing. So, you know, with the kids, I will say, okay, I'm putting my phone away and we'll have our uninterrupted time because mm-hmm. no matter what, if it's a work thing or just some stupid thing that dings up on Facebook, you check it. So I think that's been kind of two big, big pieces for me mm-hmm. lately. Yeah, I think boundaries are huge. And like, I was also the same, like a big people pleaser in the beginning of my life and started doing therapy and just saying no to things. And like, it's funny, you get a lot of backlash when you've said yes, so many years, and then you start saying Mm -hmm. no. So it is interesting, but it also helps you just function better because now you're making you a priority, your family a priority, putting that phone away. Also, I don't know about you, but if I'm on my phone, like right before bed, I can't sleep. It just keeps me awake. So Yeah, and I was finding like my husband and I, would be in bed just like on our phones together. And I'm like, we should be talking or like <laughs> downloading from the day or something. Like this is so stupid. Yeah. But the yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I think is really hard for entrepreneurs to yeah. just shut off. Yeah. But this well, year especially also, if you work from your phone. That that's I feel like oh, yeah. I'm I'm the same or it's like, okay, put it away. Have your time to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I'll try to be honest with my kids too and say mommy's working. Like if we're at the park, like I'm I I it's hard. My kids are 10 and seven. So sometimes it's more recently that they've kind of understood where I'm like, we can go do this, but you need to understand that I need a few minutes to do something. You can go play. I'll push you on the swings in a bit, but I, I'm not here ignoring you. I'm I'm working, but it's it's that balance. And that's been hard for them. Yeah. But also, I'm just going to super long answer, winded answer this question. But this year, I've just really started trying to prioritize my business as well. I was kind of feeling like a stay-at-home mom with a side job that mm-hmm. I was trying to grow. And it just really, I was feeling kind of pulled in all of the directions. So now I'm trying to be a little more aware of like my work hours. Typically I like work when the kids are in school, summer's a whole other gong show. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just kind of giving me a little more like structure to my day. And, you know, like I don't have to go grocery shopping because I can at one in the afternoon, like I can do that after school when the kids are home or, or something like that. And just really kind of try and hold a little more sacred to the hours I actually have to work in the day. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I'm very regimen on that too. Cause I'm like, you think you should be doing that while your children are away instead of yeah, like doing the other things. I'm like the housework can wait. Like I like a little bit of structure, but I'm like, it's okay. I totally agree. Knowing that you are a fellow MG, what are some of the experiences that you've learned about your human design or who you are? I'm curious to learn more about this. So I'm still kind of new in this whole thing. I did a deep dive session with someone last year and learned the manifesting generator bit. And that was kind of interesting because a lot of that is me. I know some of the people pleasey, happy parts stuff is in there. I know that I get I can get really bored easily if I have super repetitive tasks. I can put things off <laughs> forever if I don't yes. want to do them. And it's yes. like that meme where it's like, hey, remember that time you put something off for four days and then finally did it and it took 10 minutes and you yeah. do not learn that lesson again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to and I am looking forward to speaking with you more about this another time too, but learning ways to kind of support support that and and help with those things so that I, the things I'm manifesting and attempting to generate can kind of flow mm-hmm. through better so I'm not getting held up 
um, with some of the other stuff because I have lots of ideas and it makes me laugh because I was diagnosed with ADHD last (laughs) year as well. And it seems to a lot of the things I'm learning, I'm like, oh, this is both parts of this where it's like, (laughs) you know, I'm so gung ho on something for a while and then I get held up on a silly piece or then all of a sudden I'm like, meh. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember remember what authority you were? Which type? I, I do have it written down somewhere, but I don't oh, okay. have it off the top of my head. But then like, if you're this emotional authority, which is what I am, it's like, because we have so many ideas that come through as an MG, we have to like kind of sit and wait until we're like, this feels right. Cause otherwise we could have like a new idea every day or like a new program. It could be overwhelming. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that that's seems like what I would be too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also been really helpful too, for like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like emotionally shop or like emotionally eat as much. I mean, other than your time of the month, like, cause that's <laughs> But like, it's been helpful to like decrease other things because we were like, oh, I need to have this or I need to the end. We just were very impulsive at times. I don't know about you, but this is like, oh yeah, I can be very impulsive. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to stop. I need to relax. So I get like that with um, like hobbies or crafts or something like mm. that. Like I enjoy doing different things. And I, over the years on and off, get like obsessed with doing cross stitch or scrapbooking or things like that. And then I'm like hard in the paint all about it for a while. Yeah. And then suddenly it just sort of drifts off to the side and then. Yeah, I pick it up again later. My husband has many comments about the random Amazon purchases that have come <laughs> into the house. Like, why do we need this right now? Like, I I don't know. I needed it. Yeah, so but it's so definitely... it's so true. And I think it's good to like be interested in so many things, but also like if it's if it's if that time has ended and you're like I'm done with that, then let it go. And like for me, growing up, it was like. I was told like, oh, you're doing too many things and you're letting things go and you're not staying at a job forever. And I used to think that was like a failure thing, but I'm like, actually, that's like who I am now. And it's okay mm-hmm. to move forward and try something new. So I, I, I enjoy that piece. I like that. So now for me, this is my new thing that's worked with shopping and things like that on my to-do list. I'll write down something that I was looking at and then kind of migrate it through to-do list as we go. And then sometimes I'll end up ordering it or buying it because it's been on there long enough that I think like, oh, I did really want that. And other times I'm like, yeah, I've moved on. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I'll fill up things in my Amazon cart. And then I'm like, no, I don't really need that. Or I'm like, this looks cool. And then no, I'm there's sick things in there. And I'm like, these are staying in here. And I've thought about them. I'm like, okay, they've been in there for a while. They can be purchased. (laughs) Yes. I love that. That's so true too. I'm curious. uh, Everyone has like a zone of genius and what they do. But what is your zone of genius when it comes to branding? Just when it comes to branding, I think my zone of genius is I, I kind of what I was saying before, like really getting to know people and getting to know their business so that we can kind of work together to make sure that, you know, the brand voice reflects you personally. Like at least if your exact brand voice was very serious and, and whatever, and all your posts, I would have no idea who you are as a person. Like you'd be totally shocked meeting someone. So yeah. I really like to t- to spend the time to really kind of dive into things and and make sure that what I'm generating and creating for people is actually reflective of them personally, as well as the brand they're trying to portray. Mm-hmm. No, and I think I like that because there are so many businesses out there and even like other coaches and like everyone's so different, but there are times where people it's like, it's either they're so the same or it's like the same structure and it's like, but what makes you different or like, and it's you, you sharing someone's voice and being the wrong voice. It's like, you're not even like listening or hearing them or seeing them. So I think that's like really valuable. Oh, I agree. And like one of the biggest compliments I've got, you know, you know, have those like, I'm doing air quotes, but we're on a podcast that doesn't help. <laughs> um, you're like online or your Instagram friends. So I, there's many people I've been, you know, friendly with in the Barry community over the years connected with through business have had not met in real life for ages mm-hmm. and then meeting them. And they're like, oh, you're exactly like how I thought you'd be. And that's such a compliment because the me it means that the information I'm putting out there and how I'm showing up online is 
kind of true to who I am. Like I'm yeah, kind of rambly, a bit silly, you know, positive, happy kind of person and, <laughs> and friendly. And that, and then people are like, oh, that's, you know, that's you. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a compliment because, you know, I want to portray myself as I really am. Yeah. Because I definitely don't want to meet someone and they think I'm the kind of woman that should be dressed in like a power suit with some kind of really slick PowerPoint presentation because <laughs> they'll, they'll be very, very confused. Yeah. I mean, that's like the best thing. The best feeling is like, I've met people that I've met online and they're completely opposite of what they're online. And I'm like, what is going on? So like, for me, I like to be that same person, be authentic and show up like that. And I think that's how you truly connect. Like when we had connected, I was like, oh my God, we're going to be like having so many meetings. Cause I just like attracts like in your energy. I'm just I like, totally agree. I, I was like, no, we're going to, we're going to have so many more times. That we have coffee <laughs> I love that. And I totally yeah. got that vibe from you as well. Yeah. yeah. So what are three things you recommend with branding social media content? to make them stand out. So we talked about like your voice a little bit. I'm curious if there are like three main things that you talk about. Well, I think you want to make sure that you're sharing your offer enough or what it is you do. A lot of people, you know, share things, but they're kind of nervous for the sale or there's yes. the other way around where people are just pushing out like sale, 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 sale stuff and people don't like that. So I think having a really good mix of content, whether you're using content pillars, whether you're kind of you know, I'll, I'll speak about one offer once a week or things like that. Another thing is speaking about too many things at the same time. Like if you have 10 different offers and within the week, you're kind of talking about all of them, people can get really confused or think like, oh, I thought that was only 500 bucks. Why is she talking about this $2,500 thing? So it's kind of about, about paying enough attention to what it is you're doing. And content planning is also quite large. I know some people sit down and can plan out their whole month. Some people do it week to week, but it's really nice to, you know, maintain that consistency so that you are showing up online on a somewhat regular basis. If you mm -hmm. look at my Instagram, this is a do as I say, don't, not as I do, because <laughs> I <laughs> tend to neglect mine when I'm working on everyone else's. But those are some really big things. And also just like, I guess, visually, if you're, you know, if you're a visual brand, and so we're looking at like Instagram or Pinterest or something like that, you want to make sure that people look at your graphics or your photos and realize it's you. There's so many, and I'm not knocking Canva because it is definitely a lifesaver, but so many people kind of just use the main couple fonts, main couple colors, main, main few things. And it really could be any business. So you want to try and stand out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And also if your color is some sort of hot pink, make sure that's, you don't need to just make it look like Barbie barfed on your feed, but you want to be tying that in places. So people are relating it back to you and your business or can kind of get the idea like, Oh, this is probably an Elise post, like a similar, similar filter on reels or things like that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And staying consistent. Like, mm -hmm. I love true crime, but that's not something I share on my feed. <laughs> and if you guys are looking at all my like social media, kid, family, whatever stuff, and then suddenly there's a post about this new Ted Bundy documentary, people are like, what? Huh? <laughs> like, you want it to just people to be able to yeah. tell, know that it's you and not think, yeah, like, someone stole your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely think that consistency is huge. And this, the sharing your offer, like, I talk about that with my clients a lot. It's like, we don't speak up to share that because we're like intimidated, but it's like, this is your platform. This is your opportunity and uh, you're mm -hmm. missing out on a huge piece there. So yeah, I love that. Also, what is your thoughts on the negative self-talk and not to compare yourself to others because there's so many other people in the same field. So I'm curious of what your thoughts are on that. I think that's honestly huge for everybody in any industry. There's tons of people that do what you do, but I tend to feel like there's you know, someone's going to be more attracted to work with someone else other than me. And that's totally fine. I now kind of try and tell myself if, if something doesn't work out, like they're not saying no to me, they're just saying no to mm -hmm. this exactly. And it's kind of separating yourself 
from your business in the way that it's not like a reflection on you. And if there's those people that you're seeing online that really stress you out, A, know that they're just showing the best parts of their lives because there's no way that everyone's happy and having million dollar months constantly. And then also unfollow people like You don't have to follow people that are showing up in your feed that are making you feel bad about yourself. There's, you know, and you can't compare yourself. Some some people get, you know, some people's husbands have million dollar jobs and they gave their wives tons of fun play money to start a business. It's a lot different than people that just kind of started their business with their laptop and a prayer. So you don't really know what anyone, where anyone else is coming from when you're just looking at those things online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it was like during COVID, I saw someone and it was like, it's so old school, but it's like, yeah, unfollow the people that like, you're like, I unfollow so many influencers because I'm like, I don't want to be shopping this much or just unattainable or like they would show the behind the scenes story and their house looked perfect. And I'm like, my house doesn't look like this. And like, also knowing that some of these things, like I know doing the inner work, it could like, if something triggers you, it means there's something Mm -hmm. internal that you need to do, but maybe you don't want that like in your face right now. You're ready to work on that. But yeah, I love that. I recently saw a post, someone had done like done one of those stitch posts of someone else. And it was a woman, she's got four kids. And it's someone I had seen, I can't think of her name, but I'd followed her for a while. She's got a bunch of kids, has a great business, always talks about all this money. She and her family are doing all this really cool stuff. And then someone did a post and was like, she has three nannies. So like, if you're feeling bad that you can't deal with your life and your kids and be a great mom and whatever, like there's someone there taking care of her kids constantly while she's working. And probably making dinner and grocery shopping and doing all those things that people have to do alongside working. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's really trying to remember that most people aren't share, sharing the dumpster fire of their life online. They're <laughs> wanting to show the, the highlights, right? Yeah. Or when you start to share some of the things, people are like, oh, I don't want to see this. Like when I started sharing more about my separation, I feel like I lost some people, but then some people are like, Oh, thank you for sharing. So like, it's always funny who's going to say what in that perspective, but it's, uh, we always compare like, you know, our day one to someone's day, you know, 300 or whatever that looks like. And mm-hmm. this, we shouldn't be doing that. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But I, I also feel like the people that stay are the people that are probably more willing to work with you anyway. Yeah. I and you're not oversharing about once. it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is just your life. And yeah. people need to know that, ever, you know, that people are real people. Yes, yes, I love that. So how can our audience or someone that maybe is looking for a social media manager, um, how can they work with you or connect with you online? So I'm Jay Walsh Social on Instagram. And there's a link in my bio where you can sign up for a free 30-minute campaign brainstorm. So we can kind of talk about your next social media campaign. If you've got a product or service or something launching soon, we can kind of chat around some fun ways for you to get that out into the world. I've also started offering a social media foundational build. So if you're feeling kind of like you're all over the place with your social, we can chat. We look at all the different avenues that you are showing up online and I kind of help give you some strategies and or take it over and we can kind of get everything cohesive, look at templates, ideas for brand shoots, sort of how you can be putting everything together so that you're reflecting well online. So people can DM me or sign up for a call and we can chat and look at the different ways that I could help. Yeah, I love that. And also, I feel like if you're on the fence, I've met Julia multiple times in person and her energy (laughs) is just there. So if you need that energy, she's your girl. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. And always just nice to chat with you in general. Of course, as always. (laughs) If you love today's episode and it truly resonated with you, 
please share on social media and tag me at the Soulful and Social Coach on Instagram or share a review on Apple or Spotify. As you know, coming from a small business owner, every review or testimonial means the world to us. Sharing is caring and we will see you all next week.